I'm Ashley. And I'm Jasmine. And you're tuned in to Ham Radio Stranger Things Podcast. It's a a ham radio. The Cadillac of ham radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of Ham Radio as Stranger Things Podcast. We've got a great episode for you today as usual, but first, we have a little housekeeping to take care of, and I'm going to turn it over to Jasmine to let you know where you can find us on social media and where you can listen to the podcast. Thanks, Ashley. You can find us on Instagram at Ham Radio Media, all one word, on Twitter at Ham Throw, on YouTube at Ham Radio Media, or using our handle Ham Radio 1983. We also have a Discord you can join, which is linked in the description of this episode. If you have a fan theory or question you want to share, you can email us at hamradiomedia at gmail.com. Ashley also has a fanfic on AO3 entitled Stranger Things College, which is also linked in the description. The podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and much more. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review. We have a lot of totally tuber stuff coming up, so be sure to follow us on social media to keep up with the podcast and all of our new content. And welcome back yet again to another episode of the Ham Radio Podcast. Um, today we're going to have a little, uh, <clears throat> maybe not so much breaking news anymore episode since this was like a little over a week ago now um, that this uh, all came out. But uh, today, Jasmine and I are going to be discussing uh, the fact that Stranger Things Season 5 is officially in production. So this is a little emergency uh, podcast for your ear holes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the fifth and sadly the final season of Stranger Things has officially gone into production. Um, that's You heard that correctly. This It's, it's, uh, it's exciting but also surreal. And, you know, Jasmine, I'll be honest with you. When um, when I saw the, the news about this um, and, and the stuff that was posted uh, on the social media, um, I was excited. I was happy, uh, thrilled. But um, it uh, throughout the day, it kind of weighed on, on me a little bit because... I got a little, a little emotional, a little sad because I'm like, this is, you know, this is the last time that this story of Stranger Things is going to be doing this. We're not, you know, this is never going to happen again. So I know that people want season five now. They, they want it, wanted it yesterday, and I know that they do not really want to wait for all of 2024 for this to be filmed and, and post-production and all that good stuff to happen, but uh, it might be a blessing in disguise, a silver lining uh, to have a little bit uh, elongated waiting period uh, for the season because once you once we finish, you know, watching those last few seconds of uh, season five, we're done. It's it's over. Um, so we, we got to uh, savor the flavor, as they say. So um, I'm going to kick it off uh, by saying that uh, Stranger Things social media uh, posted a group picture of the main cast and the Duffer Brothers um, uh, on Monday, January the first, uh, the January the eighth. Um, and interestingly enough, among those pictured were the Linda Hamilton, Jamie Campbell Bauer, and uh, Amy Beth Nolte, but not Eduardo Franco, who uh, plays Argyle. And then a few days after that, we got a little bit of breaking news uh, on the Argyle front because apparently in an interview with the Steve Varley show, uh, Eduardo Franco revealed that he will not return uh, for 
season five, he said that they didn't even call him. And as you can imagine, it sent the internet ablaze. And now I guess they're threatening to boycott the show because Argyle's not going to be there. Even though I know that some accounts on uh, social media, you know, complained a lot about Argyle. <laughs> they said he was too much. He was a little annoying. And now that he's not going to be back, apparently um, they're a little upset about it. Um, so, you know, Jasmine, you would talk a little bit about uh, some of the pros and cons of Argyle not being in season five? For sure. Um, I think, you know, you and I had talked about this, you know, like off camera, but, you know, I didn't think Argyle was going to have a huge presence this season. I was expecting him to maybe be in the first episode, then go back to California. And then, you know, we'd probably see him show up along with like Eden and Susie, you know, either in the last episode, or, like second to last episode for like the final battle type thing. But I wasn't expecting him to have a huge presence um, in the sense that like, you know, like he's still in high school and he has a part time job and you know he has a relationship with Eden now and he's planning to go to community college in the fall and he has presumably like parents and a family somewhere so I wasn't you know like he does he's not from Hawkins so like I wasn't expecting him to stick around the reveal that he's not gonna be in the season at all though or I mean like going forward I did find that a bit surprising like my my guess is they've pre-filmed don't I mean they've pre-filmed something for the beginning of the season because last we saw like everybody was standing in a field and then Arkyle was like picking mushrooms in the woods um and then like the rest of the gang was you know seeing the ash and is presumably going to head to the cabin so uh, presumably they've pre-filmed that unless they're going to do a time jump which would be weird considering they got lambasted for the missing two days and the fact that like you know the other characters have to find out that like Hopper's alive and that like we don't even know if Mike knows Eddie is dead you know so like I'm kind of um I'm curious about how that's gonna go um and then in terms of pros and cons like you know I I, I I can see why a lot of people complained I personally found Jonathan Argyle's kind of you know comedic scenes pretty cringy on the first watch second time around I thought they were pretty funny third rewatch I started to notice that like comedically okay it worked comedically but it didn't really make much sense in terms of like what should logically follow what each person is saying you know in those scenes um so I, I feel like maybe part of the reason he's not going to be in it is you know he was just strictly a California character and now that they are no longer in California he doesn't really serve a purpose um, although I did see people point out that, you know, Argyle was more useful to uh, the plot in season five than Jonathan was, which, it, I mean, they're not wrong. Like, Argyle does things that actively do help them. He drives the van, he finds the tracks, he gets them, you know, to the uh, the pizzeria, the sensory deprivation tank. He actually is useful um, in, in a way that Jonathan really isn't. Um, so I'm, I'm curious as, you know, how that's going to go. Um, but I can also see why people are upset because, you know, he was the first Hispanic main character we had. Um, the fact that they didn't even call him comes off as, you know, pretty brass. And uh, people are obviously upset about that. Um, you know, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And I know some people have said, you know, well, maybe he's, you know, he's lying about it. He can talk about it. And that could be true. However, in cases where I've seen people do that, you know, for example, with the whole, um, like, you know, when Spider-Man was being filmed and everybody was asking, like, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, they were going to be in it and they said no and then they showed up they were responding very positively they were like well I'm not in it but I think what they're doing is great you know where this was like Eduardo Franco was like you know I'm, makes me you know I'm happy to know, know that people are like concerned and stuff but you know I didn't get a phone call so I think that's it like I think if he had signed an NDA or that was the case 
you'd be speaking much more positively um, rather than just being like, yeah, I didn't get a phone call. Um, so yeah, I can, I can see, I can understand people on, on both sides of that. Um, I like Argyle as a character. He's not my favorite character, but I do like him as a character. Um, and I'm hoping we'll maybe get some dialogue from Jonathan or maybe Susie. Um, Cause I do expect Susie to make an appearance at some point later on, just because um, they didn't need to bring her back in season four and they chose to. And her hacking skills, I feel like are going to come in handy. Cause I feel like it's, Likely they're going to need to hack something at some point in season five. Um, so I feel like that's going to come up. Plus she's the love interest for a main character. And Dustin is an original OG character from one. So, I mean, they're not going to be getting rid of his love interest, even if she just shows up at the end kind of a thing. Um, and then in terms of the pros and cons, I mean, I think there's some definite pros in that, like, hopefully Jonathan's going to have a more serious storyline. Um, and will you know, hopefully be more like the character we've seen from seasons one through three. Cause like, he's not my favorite character, but like he went off the deep end in season four and we don't need another season of watching him go off the deep end. Like that's not, you know what I mean? That's not interesting at this point. Like, Hey, we've done that. Um, in terms of cons, like I think, you know, he did add, Argo did add a lot of levity to the season. Um, and they don't really have a character to fill that role. Cause I saw some people point out that like Dustin and Murray used to fill that role in terms of levity in the show for quite a long time. But as the show has gone on, those characters have become, you know, more serious. So Argyle was supposed to fill that role. Um, and I've kind of seen people comment on, you know, how, you know, he was supposed to fill that role, but it came across cringy or like, because the rest of the show was so serious, like they're doing with such serious things, having this guy making jokes and smoking weed, like didn't really fit with the rest of the vibe of the show, which which I, I, I agree with. Like Jonathan's whole arc came out of left field. Because there was every other character, you're like, okay, I could kind of see where you might, you know, okay, how that could have happened. But with him, it was kind of like, where is this coming from? You know, there was never any indication in the three seasons we got prior to that, that that was, you know, what he wanted to do. Um, I'm also interested about where they're going with Jonathan if they're writing Argyle off. Because, like I said, not my favorite character, but I'm, I'm generally curious as to where they're going here. Because based on what we now know, you know, Jonathan is starting the season in a pretty bad place. And I'm not quite sure where they're going to go with him. Like he's starting off with like no friends because Argyle's going back to California, presumably. Him and Will aren't as close as they used to be because as Will says, he spent the last year getting high instead of actually being there for him. He doesn't appear overly close to Elle. Um, he's been lying to his mother for months. So, you know, that's going to obviously create some tension. Um, you know, Hopper's been in Russia. You know what I mean? And he's not going to be pleased when we find out Jonathan's been lying. Um, he now doesn't have any education prospects because he was going to go to Lenore Hills Community College, but now they can't go back. And if they're writing Argyle off, that seems to imply that him going back isn't really going to be a thing. I didn't think it would be, but it kind of ends that part of the story. Um, and we know he didn't get into NYU or Emerson, presumably, or if he did, he's not planning to go. So he doesn't really have any education prospects. He gave up photography for Woodshop, but it's not clear if he wants to pursue that as a career, like carpentry, or if he's going to, or if he can even do that in Hawkins, because everything got destroyed with this, like the quote unquote earthquake. Um, so at this point, he's starting in a, you know, his big crutch has been, you know, weed, but with his, you know, the guy who's supplying the drugs going back to California and Eddie dead, he also doesn't have a supplier in Hawkins. His car has been out of commission for at least a few weeks, if not months. By the time we see it in season four, he's unemployed. He's in a pretty, he's in a pretty low point. I'm not quite sure where they're going to go with it. Um, you know, I don't know about you, Ashley, but for every other character, whether they're a main character or a side character, based on what we got in season four, I'm like, okay, I either can definitely tell where they're going with this, or I can see some possible avenues. But Jonathan, I really, I don't know. 
like I, I can't I can't see a lot of avenues there. So I'm I'm curious as to uh, where they're they're going with that, and you know um, how they're going to you know write Argyle out of the show, basically. Yeah, like that's a that's a big question. My main question uh, for that whole situation is like how are they going to go about doing that like are we going to see him for a few minutes in episode one and then um episode two they have a time jump or something and it's just uh, implied that he left or something or they just are we not going to see him at all and they're just going to talk about well you know uh hopper somebody you know was able to pull some strings to you know get him uh, a ticket out of here so to speak and, and go back to california uh but for me i think probably um you know there there are for me some pros of him not being in season five i think one of which um you know maybe we will get uh our regular jonathan as programmed and scheduled as we're used to um in past seasons um because one of the biggest things that you know i didn't like about argyle's character was um not really even him as a person it was more of the the writing aspect of i felt like um they took a lot of um the good qualities of uh, those three characters, Jonathan, Mike, and Will, and they put the put those onto Argyle and let him lead the way. Um, and I'm like, why are we doing this? Like Argyle is some random guy that we just met like five minutes ago. Why is he? You know, why is he coming up with this stuff? Why aren't our our main characters here that we know are capable of, of leading the charge in these situations? Well, except Will, he's not. But um, but I feel like Mike and Jonathan, you know, are of especially at least Mike is. I know Jonathan, you know, had issues last season. Um, but yeah, I'm like, why aren't they doing this? Why is he doing that? So I, I feel like that's one of him not being there. And two, you know, Argyle was supposed to be something of a, a comic relief last season. And I feel like with them all being back at Hawkins and you do already have characters there who are kind of comic reliefs. You know, you have Erica, Steve, Robin, um, Dustin, even though I know, you know, it's pretty much a given that Dustin's going to be going through some some challenges of his own next season but you know, the point being like you you already have those um you know comedic relief characters already you don't really you know need an extra one especially one like argyle i think that would be a little bit uh, a little bit too much i'm not saying that he couldn't help him out he absolutely could but um i think i think in the grand scheme of things um it will be best for him to go back to uh, california but in, in terms of the, you know the eduardo thing um, I mean, I feel like, I mean, obviously, I don't know, you know, what kind of conversations he's had with the showrunners and all that. But, I mean, I feel like if he was told that he was going to be in for two seasons, then I could see, you know, really him being very disappointed of not coming back. But also, at the same time, if I were in his shoes, I would be kind of disappointed um, to not have received a phone call, you know, <clears throat> to go back. But, um, you know, I, I, just, I don't think that's something that, you know, something we should worry about um you know that's out of our control and um, we just have to take it you know for what it is but and i'm also sad for jonathan um because argyle's like his only friend but you know we kind of already know that jonathan and steve will you know be having some scenes together uh, this season which i'm excited about um because to me, I don't think if their big thing is to tie up loose ends and come full circle, um, you have to be able to do that with your original characters from your first season. And I know that, um, you know, Vicky would be there next season and, and Robin wasn't from season one. Um, she was from season three. I get that. Um, but, you know, I think in the in the long run, we'll probably see that having a Steve and Jonathan team up 
probably is going to work a little bit better um, for both their story, their character arcs and all that, than maybe Argyle being there. Um, so again, uh, it'll be uh, very interesting to see um, what they do with that. And I just want to say one last thing about the Argyle thing. So, um, you know, Jasmine, I, I told you about this, but um, Eduardo Franco said like last year or 2022 after season four came out that in the final scene of season four, you know, when he's Argyle's out there with the mushrooms, that when they were filming that, he kept trying to get up and go walk with the others. And the Duffer brothers were like, no, no, you're good right there. And he kept saying, I was like, you sure you don't want me to move up a little bit? Like, no, you are good right where you are. You're something like that. And um, I mean, it's kind of, you know, funny to, to think about them, you know, telling them to do that. But I feel like back then they either didn't know what they wanted Argyle in season five. So they're like, okay, well, we ha still have to make it known that he's the one that brought them back home. And if we want to bring him back in season five, we have him film uh, out here in the woods playing with mushrooms. So we can do that if we want to. But at the same time, we don't need to bring him back next season. It won't be too, you know, too much on us because, you know, he wasn't in the final shot. And also, I mean, I can understand why they wouldn't want him to be with um, Hopper, Joyce, Elle, uh, Mike, Will, Jonathan, and uh, Nancy, because I'm thinking that's such an epic shot. And what we're going to, what they're going to do in season five, again, going full circle, I think it played out much better of having just them in that final shot than him being there um, as well but that's just that's just my opinion you just um, made me realize something though okay yeah. that final shot though that we get like the hill and then we get the other characters at the school and then at the hospital and then we get holly and and uh, karen at home so with the exception of murray and vecna and obviously we saw vecna earlier um all the other presumed main characters according to the cast photo are in that final shot like the entire yeah yeah. Like I just that just occurred to me right now. I'm like, oh, they were literally showing us who the like the main besties are for like you know what I mean? Like the main the main cast are for next season because they're all everybody in Hawkins, they're all in that in that final shot as we pan from each one of them. Yeah, exactly. Even Vicky is is in yeah. there a little bit with the in the gym. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah. The only two or yeah, the only three actually that aren't there are Murray Linda Hamilton's character and Yeah, well Linda was there, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. I'm sure Vecna was in the distance somewhere he he was close by um but i mean he was part of the not. upside down so i feel like technically we did see yeah. you know what i mean like yeah technically technically, technically. yeah technically, technically. But yeah, you bring up a, a good point there so um uh i mean that kind of you know says like this is the main cast for the season pretty much yeah and the other yeah. thing i also saw people talking about was that when they all show up in the van at Mike's place. Argyle, uh, Roger Franco said something, I think after season four came out that, you know, he was like, he said to the, to the Duffers, he was like, oh, should I go? Like, should Mike introduce me to his mom or should this happen? And they were like, nope, nope, you're good right there. So similar to the mushroom like twice. thing. Yeah, so I feel like <laughs> as disappointed as he is, I would be too. This is amazing exposure for him as an actor. I mean, he's been on Stranger Things and before that he was on Booksmart where very good movie. If you haven't seen that movie, he basically plays a very similar character, which came out shortly before like they, when they were casting season four. So that's basically how we got the role. Um, like those are really positive things. And like, as I would be disappointed too, but I mean, based on those two things, I feel like he should have maybe had, the actor should have maybe clued into the fact that, you know what I mean? He would not be getting a phone call that like, I feel like they probably decided at that point or they yeah. kind of had an inkling. Cause I mean, 
like that with the combination of that final shot features all of the main characters um, with the exception of Linda Hamilton, who obviously they were going to, you know, surprise announce that casting, of course. Um, and then uh, Vecna and Murray, everyone else is in that final shot. That tells me that they decided by that point that... Um, like, I guess yeah. when they wrote that script, what they were going to do. And I feel like the only reason that would have changed is if something didn't gel on screen. But the only characters for which that is the case is Robin and Vicky. And I feel like they did gel well on screen, whether you, you know, and I'm not everyone's a fan, but I think they like they do have good chemistry. So as long as that worked, everybody else was already, you know, they've already been there either from the original season or, you know, with it like a prior season so yeah yeah and um <clears throat> to your point about that like um you know working on oak bridge uh has, has you know opened my eyes to a lot and i know an audio drama is not the same as a television series but i mean i think some of the principles are still the same but i'll tell you like a lot changes in that writer's room like you can have like even like one sentence of something that you've written can change um whole outcome of your season or a character arc um or anything like that and uh, also you know auditions as well um like we we uh you know just did auditions last week for for uh, season one of oak bridge and like we had one uh person in particular who audition and like we loved his audition we loved his voice and stuff we were like i mean we we would love to get him in like we got to get this guy some sometime some point in in this show like we have to get him to voice and we finally were able to get a part for him which by the way was only supposed to be very very minuscule but um but i immediately went and mapped out a full-blown character arc and stuff uh because i like i, I like this guy's uh, performance in his voice so much i was like we can do something with uh with this person and with the character we can we can grow this character you know to multiple seasons and so you know a lot of times again like what goes on in the writer in the writing and uh you know filming or recording or or whatever it is can change so much the outcome of uh your show or your season and i think maybe this uh this is an example um, of that. Not saying that Eduardo Franco is a bad actor. I'm just saying that what they did last season with California and all that, I think he felt, he felt, uh, you know, he was a good cog in that wheel, if you if you will. And I felt like, you know, not to stereotype him or anything like that, but he just fit better with California and all that than I feel like he would in Hawkins. That's that's just that's just what I'm saying. And I would actually be more concerned about a Hargal continue to be in Hawkins than just going back to California. Yeah, me too. Because I feel like he would definitely be a victim because he either you know he'd be so high or you know he just you know freaking out or something. Just I, I just couldn't see that ending well, you know? No, and I feel like he'd be more of a liability in Hawkins and also like all the other characters, they live there or like they're adults that can travel. Argyle is still in high school. So like, and we don't know anything about his family really, but like he can't just, like also like there, as far as the rest of the world knows, there's been a massive earthquake that's killed like 32 people, right? By the yeah. end of season four. And prior to that, there was a mall fire that killed like, what was like 27 people or something. So like, and prior to, prior and during that, there were a bunch of teenagers who went missing and died horribly. Um, so like that's made like you see the news vans at the end of season four so that's made the news so 
I mean, like Argyle presumably has a family out there. So they're going to be wondering where the hell he is, presumably, or like his job, like somebody, the school, somebody is going to be like, where is this kid? Like, you can't just, like, I know it's the age, but you still just can't go MIA. Like that, like eventually someone noticed. And like, mm-hmm. and like, because of that, you know, like he can't just hang out in Hawkins. He doesn't live there. He has no place to live. And like, it would also be very irresponsible of Jonathan, I think, to have his drug buddy continue to hang out there when the world is ending. Do you know what I mean? There is ash falling from the sky. Jonathan knows how dangerous this stuff is. Argyle really doesn't, but he, Jonathan does. So I feel like it would be irresponsible for him as a friend to be like, yeah, come and hang out with me and let's do drugs together while the rest of my family and friends, um, or not even the rest of my family and their friends more accurately, save the world. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I just feel like that would be um, irresponsible of him. And I also feel like Argyle and Edward Franco, like that character is kind of a victim of a failed experiment where, you know, I'll give... I'll give the Death Brothers credit. They tried something different with season four. They had a formula that they followed from season one to three. And they decided to try something different with season four. You know, you had the California plot. You had the Nevada plot. You had the Russia plot. You had the Hawkins plot, right? They tried something different. They went with a different flavor. Um, I think, as you and I have talked about a lot off screen, um, you know, a big issue with season four is that because everybody was isolated and they couldn't write all together in a room. You couldn't have a Trisha writer's room. It was so delayed due to COVID that by the time they got there, they just had to go with what they had. There was no, you know, like they, they could make little changes like, you know, in terms of like, you know, being more colloquial with the dialogue or whatever, but they couldn't make big changes by that point. Like even the costuming, there's the the blue jacket that Max wears where the costume designer saw a video where she was like, yeah, if we do it again, we would have changed that color because it's a lot brighter and we wanted darker colors to represent what Max is going through. But we had the jacket, so we just had to go with it at that point. So like, I'll give them credit. They tried something new. Had COVID not happened, I think they probably would have made a lot of changes to that script or a lot of stuff would never have made it to screen because being in a writer's room, it would have been like, okay, well, like the the logic or the plot holes or the stuff that didn't work would have come out more easily, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So I think it, it's kind of, kind of the result of kind of a little bit of a failed experiment where like, I feel like the Hawkins plot worked really, really well in season four. The Russia plot worked pretty well. Like there were definitely some rooms for improvement, but I think it worked as a storyline. I think Nevada worked pretty well. Again, room for improvement, but worked pretty well. The Hawkins, sorry, the, not Hawkins, the California plot didn't really work past the first episode. I, I, I think, you know, it, I mean, I know a lot of people enjoyed it. I didn't mind it, but it, you know, it kind of dragged. Um, it didn't really serve much of a point um, apart from picking up L. Um, so I think it's kind of the byproduct of a failed experiment there, you know, like they, they now recognize, okay, we tried it, it didn't work and we have to, you know, go back to the formula. And it's also something we're planning to do that anyway, like this has going to come full circle, they planned it out in advance. So, you know, I think if that, maybe that storyline had been written differently or COVID hadn't happened, maybe he would still be part of that role, maybe it would have gone differently, um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of a byproduct of that. I don't think the actor did a good job. I mean, you totally buy Argyle as a, like you you buy him being sincere. I think um, so. I don't think I mean he's a good actor, and I hope he finds other really amazing work. Um, the other thing I that you brought up, Ashley, that I I think is a good point is that like with Argyle's presence, because a lot of stuff was given to him, Jonathan became literally useless. Like at least in past seasons, he had something that contributed to the plot. But you take Jonathan out of season four, and the plot doesn't change it all you know what i mean yeah like you could even give his dialogue to will to another character like anybody else in will's family you know what i mean like do you know what i mean like it, it doesn't 
like it's a great moment but it like nothing is significantly contributing to the plot and i remember like me and my friends were so mad we got to the end of the season we're like why is jonathan at the cabin where's steve steve contributed more to this entire plot than jonathan did all steve and where is steve like it just felt so frustrating it's like they tried to shoehorn jonathan back in it's like no nah, he's done nothing all season i don't i don't want to see him right yeah, like, well i mean yeah i get that but at the same time i mean the buyers haven't no house in Hawkins anymore. They sold it. So no, no, I, I, I get that. Go? I no, I, I get that. It it just felt like Jonathan kind of lost like purpose to the plot when Argyle yeah. was added. And they yeah. went that way. That's more my point. Yeah, I um, kind of wish they had kind of you know done it like a Stephen Robin from season yeah. three thing. I mean, I know they don't like to do thing the same thing every season, but like if you're gonna go that route, at least at least don't take anything away from your main character. That's, that's all I'm saying about that. But you know which main character, uh, or at least the actor who plays that main character, that I was so excited to see in this picture? Sadie Sink. I'm like, I mean, not that I was really overtly surprised to see her, um, but I mean, I was very happy to see her in this picture because it means like Max. I mean, they said that Max is going to be back this season, but um, at least we know that uh, it's it's confirmed that we will see Max hopefully in the first episode. Um, now, how she's going to be um, all next season, that, again, that's another interesting thing. Um, but uh, I, I know that, you know, Max is actually, believe it or not, not at the top of people's favorite character list in this show, but I like Max. Um I mean, I think. Wait, why are people hating on Max? Max is a great character. I, like, I, what's I've seen? I've seen people post stuff on social media and stuff about um, they don't like her. I don't know. I mean, I feel like okay, Sadie Six two... performers should have won all the awards last season. Yeah, like, well, I'm is, sorry, but like this is like um, like before, <laughs> like preseason four stuff. Like, you know, okay, I could I could kind of see that. I mean, her yeah, like, like I said, her season two, yeah, her you know, you know her character introduction in season two wasn't the best. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I feel like by season three, she's a pretty good character, and like season four, she's a phenomenal character. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she carried a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the weight on season four. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, don't like to say that, but um, I feel like if it had not been for her being there when you have Elle and Hopper and everybody else uh, gone, um, I, I don't think, um, even the Hawkins plot, I don't think would have been nearly as good as it was. So, I mean, she absolutely... Yeah, her and Millie carried that season. Job. Like, her and Millie carried yeah, that season, and, like... I mean, well, you know, Millie carries the season, like, pretty much every season. Yeah, I know people yeah. don't like to hear that either, but it's the truth. Like, I'll be honest with you, if the character of Eleven did not exist in this show, despite how much I love the other characters, um... I mean, it would really suck. <laughs> like, I don't think this show would be, you know, as good as it is. That's just my opinion. Oh, I agree. Like, she, and I think Elle has a perspective, a very interesting perspective on the way she sees the world that no other character has that's interesting. And, like, Millie Bobby Brown, the way she emotes with her face, with no lines. Like, she has very few lines in season one. And I remember seeing an interview with the Duffer Brothers where they said they had such a hard time casting Elle because so many... Like, I mean, these kids were like 10. They don't know how to, they're so young, they don't know how to emote without speaking. And Millie Bobby Brown, at like the age of like nine or 10, could do that. Like, she was talented even then. So, like, yeah, 
of course she carries the show. Like, that's an incredibly difficult thing to do, even as an adult. Like, she, no, from a young age, she could do that. So, like, yeah, her and Sadie carry that. You're, I, I, agree, I completely agree. Like, I have a lot of favorite characters on the show, but yeah, no, nobody, in terms of performance, I don't think, personally, anybody, any, anybody tops them. For me anyway. Yeah, and granted, um, you know, I think season four in terms of eleven, um, you know, again, you know, I love eleven. Like she's one of my my top three characters. Um, but I'll I'll admit, like season four, even eleven was a little bit or at least her uh arc this season until up until she uh got her powers back was a little eh. uh but again that's that's nothing uh, on millie bobby brown or 11 as a character i mean again it's writing but um but you know um you know who i'm really really looking forward to the probably one of the biggest mysteries for me other than what the upside down is who's linda hamilton's character like who's she gonna play um evidently someone uh with a lot of importance uh for to the season or ending of the series because um she's not only isn't she in the picture but um we also don't know the name of her character yet um so you know there's there's tons of theories about who she could be playing and they're all kind of within the same realm um but <clears throat> you know i um these are some kind of some of my theories like could she be someone who is associated with brenner um or the original lab project, Project Indigo, or a government agent. Um, could she be a scientist that Murray knows uh, helps everyone figure out, you know, what the upside down is? Um, maybe Murray is like, hey, I know this woman. Like, um, like I know she can help us figure out uh, what this stuff is. Um, or maybe Murray's ex-wife. Um some of that, or Brenner's ex-wife. I mean, the the possibilities are endless. And I know we covered this. You know, several times but um i think you know this picture maybe puts a little bit more about her character into context and the fact that she's sitting near jamie campbell bauer who of course plays vecna and uh, uh brett um gettleman 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 uh who plays murray so um i feel like if the placement of these people is significant i feel like maybe she's associated with either vecna or henry um or Murray. Yeah, for sure. I think there are like a lot of possibilities and, you know, the internet's running wild trying to figure that out. I mean, I know you've shared yours. Mine are, you know, I feel like it's either one of the ones you've already said or, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe she's a reporter, you know, somebody that Murray knows from his old days, you know, back when he was like, um, you know, like a reputable journalist. She could be a potential love interest for Murray. Maybe she comes looking for a scoop um, or, you know, it could be, you know, she could be both. You know, she could be somebody that was associated with the show project who could be, you know, having a cover or, you know, a science journalist or, you know, like she's a scientist and Murray knows because, you know, he interviewed her for something back in the day. It could be any combination. Um, I thought of her being his ex-wife today because I remember, I think um, that thing they did for Netflix, I think it was Beyond Stranger Things, um, based off the first couple of seasons. There's a part in there where Brett Gellman talks about how Murray's original backstory was how he was married and he has a kid and when he was a reputable journalist, something went wrong where like he, he lied for a story or he didn't fact check his source enough or something happened and so he wound up being like you know completely disgraced his ex-wife divorced him the kid um you know he has he's not in contact with his family anymore and you know at that point it wasn't clear if that's okay is that just a part of his story that hasn't been revealed on screen yet or was that part of the idea that's you know now been scrapped and is no longer canon um since we don't know 
Do you know what I mean? Like there's a possibility that like maybe that's who she is because the fact that we haven't gotten a name or a fake name or a description like we did for Jamie Campbell Bauer when they gave out the fake name, the fake description prior to season four, the fact that we haven't gotten that for her character tells me anyway that like something about her name or something about a, even giving a fake description would, would give away too much. Um, so I'm wondering if, if that is part of it. You know, it's like, well, her last name uh, being Bowman would give it away. Unless she's gone back to her maiden name. But you know what I mean? Like something, maybe that's come up before. Like something about her name must have come up before. Or something. Um, for them to still be keeping it a secret and not doing a fake description. Um, unless they don't want to do it for just one character. But... I mean, I mean, that's possible too, but I, I kind of lean on them telling us anything would give away too much. Um, so that's, you know, um, another thought that I had. Um, but truly, the the possibilities uh, are endless. Um, and speaking of uh, actors that appear in the photo, uh, we also see, um, you know, as Ashley said, we also see um, Amy Bethanotti, who plays Vicky. Um, and the, her presence in the photo seems to indicate that Vicky is going to be a main character um, in season five and part of the core group, uh, which means we'll likely see her and Robin uh, start dating and being together, uh, which I think is great. I think they're very cute. And I think it's, um, you know, there's a lot of conversation in the fandom about how they've handled, you know, um, Will's uh, sexuality and his lack of coming out and how they don't seem to know what to do with Will. Like, yeah, he's in love with Mike, but like, what what are they doing beyond that? Um, but that they don't, and he, you know, Will was planned um, to be a gay character from, you know, the Montauk pilot. Um, whereas, you know, Robin being a lesbian wasn't an idea they came to until they were filming season three, which is she was supposed to be a love interest for Steve. And they decided to go that route and they decided to put her with Vicky in season four. Um, and they seem to have no issue, like, you know, doing a ent entirely plausible, you know, gay storyline for her that works really well. Um, so it is surprising that they don't seem to know what to do with Will since they've had this on the books since Montauk. Um, but I'm really excited to kind of see the evolution of that storyline um, and see, you know, Robin and Vicky date and, you know, how, you know, kind of Steve and her friendship with, uh, you know, with Robin and, you know, kind of seeing Steve and Vicky become close. I also think it'd be really cool if part of Will's coming out storyline was linked um, to that. So like to him seeing Robin and Vicky being a couple and being happy together, you know, if that was part of, you know, helps him come out and see that there's, you know, life beyond Mike and, you know, hopefully him finding a love interest of his own that's able to love him back and that kind of being part of his arc. I think that would be a really cool way to segue into that. And I'm also excited for Vicky to have more screen time and more complexity for her character because the actress who plays her was um, previously played the lead in Anne with an E, which was like a very well-beloved show. And um, she has a lot of range and depth as an actress, which I think the little bit we saw Vicky didn't really show. So I feel like some people hate on her character, but it's like, well, you haven't actually seen what this actress can do. She's a very good actress who has a lot to give if given the right material. Um, but we saw her so briefly in season four that I feel like we didn't really get to see that. Um, so I'm excited to see more of that. Um, and also based on this photo, it looks like Karen, Karen Wheeler is going to be um, part of the main cast and the action this season, which implies she's going to finally find out about what's been going on. She clearly knows it's not snow. We can see that on her face. Um, and she's part of the main gang. And I'm really excited for that, uh, particularly because a lot of people have commented on how Mike and Nancy, as the seasons have gone on, seem to have issues expressing how they feel, saying I love you. Um, a lot of that tying back to, you know, the fact that Karen and Ted are not in love and, you know, they're unhappily married and, you know, they, they don't really talk about things in their family, you know, like Mike and Nancy are hiding people in the house 
and no one notices or talks about it you know like the people they love died or went missing and then reappeared and no one talks about it in that family um so it'd be great to see her become part of the main cast and find out what's really going on and see her and hopefully mike and nancy connect and you know talk and maybe that's kind of a segue and a way forward for them to um be able to express themselves more in their relationships and how they're feeling and kind of part of their evolution their character growth uh so personally i'm really excited to see that um uh ashley do you want to talk about um some of the other stuff we can see uh from this photo uh yeah so um you know assuming this this pick is of the main cast who assumably this this is you know will be episode one like who do you who do we think uh we'll see jamie campbell bauer as first vegna or henry that that's what i'm i'm very uh interested in um because i mean you can't really you know tell really because you know they'll have him in makeup and all that for vecna so it doesn't really matter about the hair aspect or anything like that or his appearance in this photo um but yeah who who do you uh who do you think we'll see first jasmine i mean i think it could go either way but we kind of know that um you know they are going to do some flashbacks uh, with henry in the lab prior to the massacre and all that um but I'm kind of leaning, if if we're talking about episode one, I'm kind of leaning more towards Vecna, um, but it could go either way. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Henry just because of the the snippet we got from the crawl was that, you know, we hear, you know, rustling and a child's voice singing a familiar song. Um, If that's something to do with Will, I think maybe it's a hybrid. You know how we saw in um, the flashbacks from this season, the kind of the way Henry looked when he first got to the Upside Down, you know, before he became Vecna. I feel like it could be a hybrid where it's it still looks like Henry, but he's becoming Vecna. Like that middle stage between what we saw, you know, in the flashbacks and then in the present in season four. Um, it could be that. Or it could be a flashback with Henry, you know, from the lab days. Um, I'm kind of leaning more towards that. Or it could be kind of all through where we're seeing, you know, pieces of him as Henry at the lab. And then when he was a child. And then also Vecna in the present. I mean, I think we're probably going to, um, I feel like um, we're probably going to find out, um, you know, where Vecna has crawled off to, so to speak, uh, by the end of episode one. I'm guessing they're probably going to do something like, um, you know how there were some shots in season four where, you know, like the bat would screech and then we'd cut to Vecna and his eyes would be like pop open, right? Like one of those things. I feel like it's going to be a cut right at the end or something where like somebody will say something and it'll cut to where Vecna is. You know, one of those like, he's back. That's kind of... So I'm leaning towards Henry. I'm leaning towards Henry, but it could be a mix. Yeah, I agree. And and good point about bringing up him um, when he's freshly burned after he first um, enters the Upside Down. Because, you know, we don't really know when he made the full transformation into Beckna. <clears throat> We're never given that information. Um, hopefully we will be... Uh, next season but i kind of hope that we you know get him whether he's vecna or henry hopefully you know towards the end or at the end of episode one just so that it's a little bit i mean even though it's not really surprise um just so it's like ooh, hanging on the edge of my seat to the next episode you know what i'm saying um like i i I would love to see that because again we don't know where vecna ran off to uh when they you know, shot him out of the attic of the Creel house in the Upside Down. Like, we don't know where he is, um, where he ran off to. Um, we know he's still alive, but that's about it. So, um, I would love it to see, like, Vagna, the very 
end of the episode and like you said like opening his eyes or something like saying that you know i'm ready or something like that not literally saying that but you, you get what i'm saying yeah indicating that he's about to like crawl back into everyone's lives yeah <laughs> Some yeah kind of killer yeah line. yeah yeah like i'm healed and i'm ready to go oh i just had a thought what if it's something like when everyone's together and they're kind of talking through things you know it's something that you know in previous seasons like will will touch his neck or like l will send something what if they're like on the right track or something and they're like sensing something and then they cut to henry you know what i mean where it's like it's kind of like woken him up or something or they They've done something that's kind of like awakened him or the psychic connection is that like something like that or even if it's that's not what's waking him up it's just kind of like kind of the way the will was at the end where he's like you know he's back and he's never gonna stop or like some of the stuff where Elle will have a really great line and then it just cuts to him and it's like haha like something like that would be cool yeah or like he maybe senses Eleven's presence. Uh, yeah, he like back senses their presence because they like, can sense him. They can sense yeah, him as yeah. soon as they get to town. So maybe it works the other way where he like wakes up and he can sense them and he's like ah crawling back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's why it's the crawl because he's like, crawling. I know. the entire episode and then at the end we finally like, see him. <laughs> I know. We see him crawling up from the ashes or something, you know, like that. But uh, yeah, Terminator like, style. I know exactly. It's you know, it's it's really weird too. Like you bring that up, it's really weird because in episode eight of season four, when he's um, you know, has uh, Nancy in a trance, he tells her like. I want you to tell Eleven everything I'm about to show you in this vision, but it's like, does he know where Eleven is? I mean, does he know that, can he sense that she's not in Hawkins, but he knows that she's alive? I mean, I, um, I I never really, I mean, it's a good line. It's a very good line, very well delivered by Jamie. Uh, but I, I I question, (laughs) I, I question it because I'm like, um, this doesn't yeah. really make that much sense in in this context. Unless, um, unless the implication there is that he can sense that L and Will are still alive, but he knows they're not in Hawkins because the psychic connection isn't as strong. Like how technically the Demogorgons are in Russia, but it's not. Like the minute they get back to Hawkins, they both are like, "Oh no!" Like they like Will sense it the minute they cross that line. So does L. So I wonder if he can feel that they're still alive, but not. Or he's assuming they're still alive, um, but he can sense that the psychic connection is not as strong until they get back there. I yeah, I don't know. That's a really good point though, because like unless of course, because we know he can get into uh, what do you call it? We know he can get people's memories and stuff, and presumably he's gotten into Nancy's unless he be, he just heard the characters talking about the fact that they're trying to get a hold of but then yeah if they're trying to get a hold of the buyers it's like well like that's indicating they don't know if they're alive or dead so yeah that's a good point i don't know i don't know yeah it's uh yeah it's weird again a good line very well executed very well delivered but i don't really understand the full context behind it but wow jessica can you believe that was only for the first day of, of filming like what they were yeah uh sending stuff out like i mean they posted stuff like like most yeah. most of the last week and that was just day one that was day one that was day one um and then on tuesday we got um on tuesday the 9th we got um some more behind the scenes pics 
from uh, Rostov for himself. Uh, but it's all from, you know, it's all from episode one, like we're saying, you know, like this is like, we're, we're getting so much content, it's you can't even keep up, you know? Um, so according to the photos we've got, uh, Robin and Steve's hair, as predicted, has gotten bigger, as usual. Um, we were chatting the other day about how the characters, um, their hair gets bigger and bigger every season as the 80s goes on. Um, and I honestly like love their, like their hair, their outfits in that, in that, uh, in that picture. It's probably my favorite out of what we got. And I like that Robin's outfit seems to show that, like, she's coming into her own as a person. And I love how we've seen her evolution from, you know, when we first see her at Scoops Ahoy to kind of more of her style and her kind of coming to her own as season four goes on and now going into season five. Um, I like that she's got kind of like a punk rock meets Mary Jane type vibe going on. And it feels more like as she's become more comfortable with herself and her sexuality and having, you know, uh, friends that support her, you know, she's able to kind of express herself more through her clothing her hair instead of playing a character playing a part which I think so often people do especially when you feel like you have to hide who you are coming into your own and be like yeah this is me if you don't like it keep it moving like this is who I am and I, I like that they I always love when you see these little things that express through their costuming through their hair their makeup um, where an, a character is because you know, mentally, because it really helps kind of, you know, set the scene and, and the vibe and what we're supposed to be getting from um, that character, you know, all of the visual clues. Um, so those are some things I really loved. Um, what about you, Ashley? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we also talked about this the other day, but, you know, I am by no means a, a fashionista, but you, you think that as much as I love to talk about the lore and, um, you know, the plot and everything and the conspiracy stuff, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff associated with Stranger Things. Um, I actually love each season to speculate about the fashion and what they're going to be wearing and, you know, kind of what they're going to be looking like and hairstyles and all that. So I uh, I really love that, you know, we're getting to see, we got to see at least um, at, that, at that time, um, Joe and Maya um, in uh, their respective characters' uh, outfits. And of course, um, like uh, Thursday, um, we got some of, of Gaten Matarazzo as, as Dustin, which we're going to talk about in just a bit. But um, yeah, I love that we're getting that already. And, and I love I love their outfits. Um, it's uh, um, it's really cool to see that, you know, they're letting us see at least what they're going to be wearing. Now, um, <laughs> uh, Brendan, our, our former producer who uh, helps out with our edits and stuff, you know, he was texting me and he's like, you know, I'm kind of disappointed. I kind of, you know, wish they'd show us Hopper or L or mike or you know characters like that and you know we can see what they're looking like and i'm like well you're looks like you're just gonna have to be disappointed i said because you know that's not their thing they don't they usually don't like to to show us them as of you know lately it's been like um um steve robin dustin that's usually um sometimes usually erica um but usually those for those three are usually who they love to to show in you know, these sneak peeks or whatever you want to call them. Um, I don't know why, other than they're just um, good people, people, if that makes sense. Well, I think I kind of do, though, because I think they're characters where you can show what they're wearing and how their hair is without giving away the whole plot. You know, yeah, yeah. like they're showing us stuff that fits with what we already know, whereas some of the characters that like Brendan was kind of disappointed that we didn't see, it's like if they reveal what they're wearing, even in one scene, they have given away a big part of where we're going or the plot. So I just feel like I agree with you. They're going to keep that under wraps as long as possible. So as not to um, spoil anything. Yeah, exactly. It's like, 
for example, in season four, if they had showed us Millie Bob Brown wearing a, um, a wig of uh, that buzz cut, like, you know, it would have given away that she was back in D lab or A lab doing something. Um, even though on Stranger Things Day of 2021, when they released um, like character outfits or whatever, that little video, they had her putting her arm up, which, you know, implied that she was going to get her powers back. But, you know, that that is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, even if you know, they were to show us Elle and show us her growing her hair back, I mean, that's that implies, number one, a time jump of some sort um or you know number two um you know implies that you know she's she's staying in Hawkins she's not going back anywhere to uh, continue training or whatever I mean yeah, I mean I know that's you know a loose way to put it but um yeah I agree um you know those characters you don't want to just do that all the time because it does give pivotal plot uh, plot points away. So, um, also on uh, Tuesday, there was raw stuffer amongst the, the photos that he posted. <clears throat> They're in like some room uh, that looks like uh, maybe a lab um, or maybe Robin's house. It looks like bunker or something. Um, a lot of you know tidbits there. Um, some you said like Murray's house. That it looked kind of like Murray's house. Um, like a basement or something. People were yeah, thinking like yeah. lab, bunker, someone's basement, maybe the basement Robin's place. I know people said Murray's, but you and I talked about that. It's like, I don't see why they would, like if Murray can travel to them, why they would travel to Murray's. You know what I mean? That seems kind of unnecessary. So I, I kind of lean toward either Robin's basement, because I you know you brought that up. I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good idea. Or maybe they're hiding out at the old lab. Like, you know, Hawkins Lab was shut down. Maybe they've taken refuge in like the basement of the lab. And that's become kind of like their hideout because we presumably there is going to be a large military presence in Hawkins. They're going to have to hide from like a lot of people, like an increasing number of people as time goes on. So maybe they're hiding out there. Although I thought of this today, if all of that, if any of these theories are true, holy crap, are we doing a lot in episode one? Because yeah, yeah, like, are we somehow getting from where we ended at season four to the military took over Hawkins and we're hiding out in the basement of this lab? Like that's a... That's not just, like, that's, you know, that's supersonic level of speed from point A to point B. So if that's, yeah. uh, that's where we're going, yeah. woof. I know. And well, either way, it's a hideout and it's not Hopper's cabin. But, you know, you bring a good point about that. Because assuming that all of the characters are there, you know how, like, very badly ironic that would be for Eleven to be like, this place that was a prison and that, to her and you know the most awful things that happened to her personally and then with the massacre and everything and she just relived all that and to have to come back here to this place for safety against my now adversary who's you know this his little world is you know bleeding into ours and and all that you know how bad like how more traumatic that would be for her like that would just be that would be absolutely insane if, so if that's the case yeah i and to that point, I feel like they would only do that if it was absolutely necessary or Elle right. wouldn't be with them. But then you wouldn't really, unless Hopper, I mean, I don't think, I don't, Hopper's not going to leave outside. And I don't think after, when everything comes out about what happened in California and Nevada, I don't think Joyce is leaving Jonathan or Will's side unless she has to. So I don't think, like, I don't think they would willingly separate themselves. So you bring up a good point. If they're doing that, I don't see Hopper and Joyce willingly be like, yeah, let's go over there. I think they'd be like, hell to the no, we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. But, but I mean, you, you think about it like, not that anyone else's lives here don't matter, but 
Eleven is like the one person that you want to keep protected at all costs in this situation, whether it be from the military or the government or Vecna or whoever. Like you, you want to make sure that she is safe and in a good mindset, you know? Yeah, because that's the other thing, because they make it extremely clear. And like Will has a whole monologue about this where he's like, you know, contain it. Like as if you can contain any of this without hell. And he's right. Like Owens makes it very clear, and so does Will, that like Without Eleven, they're screwed. They have no other, like, literally, Brenner and Owens were in a basement, not a basement, a bunker, like a silo in Nevada for, like, from, like, season two to season four, trying to figure out another way to do this. Like, I think they make it pretty clear in season four, Owens would never have worked with Brenner or allowed, like, what happened to happen happen if, like... He didn't think if, he, if there was any other way or he thought there was any other way. So, like, they make it pretty clear that with LL and her powers, they can't contain this thing. They can't fight it. Everything the military is doing is just going to make it worse. Like, you, you know, without her, you cannot do this. And also they want to keep her safe. So it's like safe physically, but also safe psychologically. No one wants to see her get hurt. And also, if she's freaking out and she's being, like, traumatized, I mean... She's not going to be able to use her power. You know what right, I mean? She's going right. to like curl up in a small ball in the fetal position in some closet. And they're going to like, it's like, well, there we go. Like now we're just done. Now. <laughs> I know. So, you, don't, you don't want your, her to revert either. I mean, no. you, you don't know. And two, I mean, I hate to even say this, but it's kind of true I mean, at this point. I mean, we've kind of been shown that but i mean brenner was kind of right when he said that she wasn't ready and we know she was not ready she was not ready to take on uh henry in his current form uh he she's you know just not ready because he's you know too he's too much as vecna for her um and like to me that makes me wonder is she going to be doing at least some sort of training exercises um again in season five to um get stronger or is she just gonna be like training on the job so to speak you know yeah it could be both or a combination um or it could be they have like more than one hideout too like maybe some of them are holding at the lab or maybe they get separated unintentionally and like half the characters are over there stuck at the lab and other characters are other places although jonathan nancy robin and teep appear to be in these scenes from what we saw so yeah i don't know um i don't know that's a really good, that's a really good point. And also like we see that photo with the Pink Floyd poster and I'm like, I feel like that's got to be someone's home. Because like, I see them holding up somewhere. I don't see them being like, let's redecorate while we hide out in this lab, I right? Know, like, like, let's. I know some like, <laughs> some who said like, with the theory of them being at Murray's house, like, um, this was, you know, part of Jonathan's stuff and all that. I'm like, well, first of all, like, he probably has no stuff in Hawkins anymore because all his stuff is back home in California. But I seriously doubt that Jonathan took the time to go and pack Let up all his stuff. Let me grab my stuff. Floyd poster yeah, on the way yeah. out of the shootout, like yeah, BRB guys. Like... I know. Like, <laughs> I seriously doubt that and happened. Seriously, even Jonathan stoked out of his mind. I seriously doubt he's like. Hold my beer. I'm gonna go get my, my poster before we jet. Like, I know, I just, like wait, no. I have to get my poster. Come on, guys. Guys, I know we're being shot at, but let me go get my poster. My, my poster. <laughs> yeah. But um, so the this album, this um the wall album, uh, one of the the songs in there, probably like a big song for Pink Floyd is another brick in the wall. 
um, which is, it's kind of a creepy song, and the, the video is even weirder, um, and it's, you know, um, warning for anyone who wants to go watch it, it's on YouTube, you can go check it out, um, we watched that in psychology, and when I was in high school, it totally not, would not be allowed, um, in a, in a high school setting today, um, because of a certain scene, um, in it, but it's, it's basically saying we're all just, a brick in the wall um you know life has no meaning basically henry crow's monologue from episode seven of season four and so i feel like you know that thematically um you know fits in to vecna and his whole mo and his whole philosophy um so i feel like it's a good easter egg you know yeah it's definitely a good easter egg um and for all we know it's in like the background of one shot do you know what i mean yeah yeah like it's on somebody's you know yeah it's on the wall of someone's basement but it's in like one scene and people are going to be hunting for it um or it's going to wind up in like a still shot of like a a promotional shot with it in the background or something yeah yeah um but yeah then there was another picture of what you know looks like maybe a control room it's a video actually it's a video of someone video a rubber, a rubber chicken. chicken and that was it was funny but i was like what the heck right? i hope this is actually in the show and not just you know something that they had and just playing around with that I, I would love to see it in the show like steve hitting it or something out of boredom because they're or wherever they are and they're waiting yeah and they're just keep yeah. sitting in the right of a chicken and someone finally goes did you hit that rubber chicken one more time i'm gonna hit you like stop with the rubber yeah. chicken yeah and um, so no one really uh seems to really know where uh where this is um, and some have speculated control room at Hawkins lab, but there was a theory on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it about it being possibly a high school radio station. Um, I can, uh, I have it, uh, pulled up. I can read to you the theory. Um, that was actually like, someone found this on Reddit and posted it to Twitter. And, uh, so it, the theory says, uh, quote, I initially thought it was a music recording studio, but the equipment didn't seem right. I then figured it might be at the high school if the teens have access to it. A high school radio station made sense as a base of operations for the teens, which also harkens back to the AV club uh, from season one. And they had a, a picture of, of the room. And then next to it, they had a picture with a Google search um 1980s radio station and they got it off of pinterest and <clears throat> there's a uh, we'll we'll try to get this posted into the show notes for you guys so you can yeah. see it if you haven't um um so the user on twitter is the buyer hop b-y-r-h-o-p um but the user on reddit is puzzled dash drive 2805 uh, uh, that is on the Stranger Things main Reddit uh, page if you're on Reddit. Um, and I mean, it kind of does check out a little bit. But I think the most striking thing about it is the seemingly family photos on the walls. That's the um, one that keeps getting me because without yeah. that, I'm like, okay, the rubber chicken could have just been something they were messing with or a makeshift siren. But the family, like, there's a family picture where it's clearly a family photo of people with like brown hair, like to the right of that rubber chicken. And I'm like, you would not have that at Hawkins Lab. You would not have that in a lab control room. Like the whole thing is that like those people gave up being in contact with their families and friends to do this. Owens outright says that. I think Bernice says that at one point too. Um, so like the, I, I think the radio station has a lot of merit or something like that because yeah you would have um you would have family pictures if it was a radio station or somewhere you were voluntarily like going to where you would like you know go home at the end of the day kind of thing um so i feel like that theory has a lot of merit yeah i do too um a lot of the, the analog equipment in there does check out and it'll be very interesting 
to see that because um, I mean it could just like you know there's a news it's you know maybe news of what all is happening um, in there but there was also um, like something about an arcade too Jasmine yeah so it's easy to miss but in one of the pictures someone's taken of um, I guess someone's taken of them of the Duffer Brothers where they're behind the cameras like um, they're behind the monitors while something's being filmed and they appear to be in an arcade because an arcade game like behind them like to their right and then there's what looks like a balance and like some curtains on a window um and after looking at it for a while like it doesn't look like someone's home based on the stuff on the ceiling it looks to me like it's at an arcade and we know the palace arcade is in hawkins so it, they could potentially be filming at the palace arcade which considering that robin and steve work at family video next to it and they establish in season four that like the sign's still going the palace arcade is still there like i think Max even says, like, no, I'm pretty sure Eddie's not at the arcade to someone on the phone. Um, I think there's a good chance they're filming at the Palace Arcade um, because I don't know, unless somebody has a pinball machine in their room, but we haven't seen that. And there, there was like piping and stuff on the ceiling, which you typically don't see in a residential home, um, unless it's like somebody's bunker or basement or something but even then most of that stuff is covered in a residential space so um I, my personal theories are filming at the palace arcade which you know we know that like the the earthquake only demolished like took out certain buildings but not others um so that's my personal theory based on what you can see in that photo is that either it's the palace arcade or some if it's not that it has to be someone's like unfinished basement or like a bunker type situation um but yeah my money's on the palace arcade yeah and i didn't uh, see that photo so um if you could send that to me <laughs> uh, message it to me so i can check oh, it's it in the same oh. it's in the same rung as all the other ones oh it is day. oh I yeah don't, it just i don't remember remember that so have you to have to really to zoom in to see oh, the, the okay. machine though like it's very blink and missing you have to like stare at the picture and zoom in on it oh okay yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll check it out i did I totally like some of mine i didn't I didn't uh, notice it, but um, so uh, another character that we did get um, a behind the scene picks up was Dustin, uh, and his hair has gotten like super long, which um, you can tell a little bit. You can see a little bit of it um, in the photograph that, or the picture rather that uh, Ross Stoffer posted. And uh, I'm gonna bend a little bit of our rules here because I have to say this in order to put this in context. But other than this, we don't talk about paparazzi pics, and I'm not even going to go into full detail. But I will tell you this: if you are interested, you can go on any social media or Google. Um, just type in like Dustin Henderson season five or something like that. Um, <clears throat> you can see a little bit more evidence of the hair and that's all i'm gonna say about that um but anyway so dustin in this is also like dressed he's got his hellfire club shirt on it looks a little bit faded it's kind of torn at the at the neck and stuff and you can also see on his left hand his left pinky um a ring and this is obviously all an homage uh to eddie so like uh jasmine like what, what do you think about Dustin's new look. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, they, you know, like I said before, you know, they only release pictures. Or I guess this was, well, yeah, I guess it was a release picture of, you know, things that don't give away too much of the plot. And they said, the Duff gave an interview where they said at the end of season four that in season five, Eddie's death is going to affect Dustin the way that Billy's death affected Max. And obviously those are very different deaths because, you know, Max has to deal with, you know, the fact that her brother is dead. The fact that part of her is kind of glad that he's gone because he was like, 
like a violent racist bully who attempted to murder her friends, not like kind of, like totally attempted to run them down with a car and then attempted to murder her boyfriend like in front of her. Um, And like his death led to, you know, her stepdad leaving, which was a good thing because he was again an abusive racist a-hole but also it means her and her they took all their money so like now her and her mom live in a trailer park and her mom works three jobs as an alcoholic and she's like trying to deal with her complex feelings around that versus you know eddie's death to dustin this is someone who's a mentor somebody he looked up to you know a very good friend of his who was basically scapegoated and died trying to help um which i think is you know very different death but i think the complex grief around that um is going to affect us in the way we saw Billy's death affect Max. Um, so I'm not surprised to see, you know, Dustin growing his hair out, wearing the Hellfire Club shirt, um, you know, in a way to Eddie, in the same way that, you know, Mike grew his hair out in season four, also because he looked up to Eddie. Um, and I love little details like that. People have also commented that the, the collar is ripped. And I don't know, people have been, I think, reeling into that a lot. To me, it's just some like, Either he cut the collar out or maybe it, like, I'm wondering if maybe they were like scaling a fence or something and like part of the shirt tore. And so we just, you know what I mean? Like ripped the rest of it off, you know, Um, or maybe they tossed the shirt over something and climbed over it. You know, to me, it looks more like um, it ripped on something rather than he intentionally cut it or somebody was like attacking. Um, That's what it looks like um, to me. And I feel like, it's you know, it's a good look on Dustin. It's different than what we've seen, but um, I think it's a good look. Uh, What are your thoughts, Ashley? Yeah, it was certainly, certainly different a little bit edgier uh for dustin um yeah uh totally you know for dustin like i mean you know eddie died in his arms and and that's like dustin's never had to he's never experienced that before and you know it's you know it's it's already traumatic in and of itself and then you you know factor into that eddie you know was his mentor and someone that dustin really looked up to um so i mean you know it's gonna be a little bit probably a little bit taken to get used to um you know seeing you know doesn't go through that but uh i can't uh honestly i can't say i blame the the kid for um you know in, in his his grief and i've also seen you know, some theories about you know vecna maybe using this against us in the same way he did you know max with the whole billy thing but i mean i don't know i mean he could but again you know they they usually don't like to you know, repeat the same, um, you know, the same narrative, things like that, um, in each season, but, I mean, you never know, um, I think Vecna's big plan includes, uh, <clears throat> or it should include, if it doesn't, um, divide and conquer, and with this group, like, he, I think he knows that this group can, you know, put up a good fight against him and, and take him down, and, like, the best way to, for him to, um, you know, get rid of him is divide and conquer, but turn him against, one another um so i mean we'll see um but yeah i mean um I- i'm feeling kind of nervous about about seeing dustin uh next season because again like um it's it's new territory for him and it's going to be new territory for us yeah for sure it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see you know kind of how that goes um and i hope he kind of keeps his essence as who he is as dustin you know because if he goes like full emo like I feel like that would just kind of be like depressing or annoying. Um, but considering how well they handled Max's storyline, like I have a lot of faith in that actually, because I know before season four came out, a lot of people were saying like, you know, they were concerned because, you know, there's a lot of fan. I think a lot of people in the fandom who are, you know, have this love for Billy because the actor who plays him is so hot and it's like he like, you know, Zachary Montgomery is a great guy. You know, he seems like a great guy, very attractive, very good actor. And so I feel like a lot of people kind of, 
confuse the two because Billy as a character is a violent racist person <laughs> you know what I mean and like yes we see why he's like that we see that you know he's being abused and he didn't he started off fighting it and trying to stand up for his mother and eventually he warped into this person after years of abuse which does happen um but I think the show also has a lot of good examples of characters who have also been abused who choose instead of lashing outwards to find ways to to deal or to cope or to you know you know express what they're going through in other ways so that's not you know it's not a straight line um so in light of that I know people were concerned that like you know oh we're gonna see her like crying over Billy as if you know he was this great guy and they're going to erase that but instead what we got was this really beautiful exploration for Max of how do you mourn the loss of somebody you're glad is dead basically like how do you more the loss of somebody it's like yeah the world's a better place now that you're not in it and trying to murder all my friends and be racist and be violent and be a bad person um and that like you know your life is better off now that like neil is no longer hurting you and yeah my life is better off without neil in it but you know the consequences of that are complicated and like as she says in dear billy you know she wished like basically you know she, she wishes they could have had a better relationship she basically wishes they could have had the relationship that she has with steve you know that older brother that you know that loving older brother kind of relationship so i think they they handle that really beautifully and that's an exploration we don't often get to see for a complex character like that um and also similar to you know uh to Elle's journey in that you know we saw her with brenner right like different relationship but you know i saw so many people comment after uh, season four aired that they're like we rarely get to see in in media representations of women being and girls being like you know what what you did to me was messed up and not okay and I don't forgive you or I can forgive you to give myself peace but it doesn't make it okay and I don't have to like pretend like it is um you know when, when Brenner tries to get her to like you know forgive him and she's like nope <laughs> and just lets him die um and I think that season showed so clearly why those two are, you know, our best friends that do need each other because they could have helped each other so much, but they were separated. Um, and so, you know, we got these really beautiful, complex explorations of these themes that we often don't get, you know, explored for women and girls in media. Um, so as part of that, you know, I actually have a lot of faith in that storyline for Dustin because if they can pull that off, I think they can pull off having him mourn Eddie and seeing how that's going to affect him and change the way he dresses, maybe change his personality somewhat, but still maintain who he is and being true to Dustin. Um, so, you know, it, it's a difficult line to walk, but they pulled it off with Max. So I think they could uh, pull it off with Dustin too. Um, I have I have faith in that based on what we've seen. Um, and as you know, uh, a lot of you know, um, we also take uh listener questions on this show um not the best segue there but we're gonna go with it um and we got a listener question um on spotify from one of our recent episodes so we did um as some of you may know we have an episode talking all about stancy that we've released um parts of um and for the first episode that we did uh, for that called Unambiguous Sign of True Love, all about Stancy part one. We had a user named Amelia um, who asked us, who do you ship? Jancy, Stancy, Ronance, or question mark? Um, Ashley, would you like to share your thoughts on that? Well, I guess if um, in terms of shipping, um, Malevin, hands down. Um, I mean, you take a look at our YouTube channel. I think <laughs> you'll see that. Um, but I like Lou Max as well. But um yeah, Malevin is definitely um, my go-to. Right on. All excellent choices. Um, I think for me, as is probably pretty evident from that episode on that series, that um, me and Ashley and Cameron did together. Um, I'm a big Stancy shipper. Um, I was for like the first, you know, two seasons. And then it's like, okay, I kind of had to let that go because it seemed like that plot was over. And then it made it come back in season four. And I'm like, all right. Um, at this point, I don't ship Jancy. I did at one point. 
Um, but after like kind of how season four went down, I'm like, yeah, not on that train anymore. Um, I think Bronance is an interesting, uh, you know, fandom ship. Um, I think, uh, you know, in terms of like, I love seeing Nancy and Robin together as friends, like platonically, like I really like that pairing and I like that they're friends and that they can kind of like explore that more in season five. I'd love to see that um, because, it's, you know, people have pointed out, you know, she hasn't had a close female friend since Barb died. And the only other out friend outside the group we see her be close to is Fred, who promptly dies. So it's great to see her have another female friend she can confide in. And also, I think it's great for her to have a friend that's more, you know, sex positive and feminist than Barb was, because, you know, I'm not here to hate on Barb or disrespect the dead. But I mean, Barb flip-flopped a lot on how she felt about Nancy dating Steve and she kept kind of flip-flopping around which is like you know giving Nancy a lot of guilt because of what happened to her um so I love that Robin is someone who's very much like you know do what makes you happy as long as it's not hurting other people and you know very you know like a supportive friend you know um towards you know obviously Steve and Nancy but just like Nancy being happy in, in general and you know you know being happy in her decisions um so I love that for her I love that for those characters um in terms of the other ships um I also ship 11 I think they're super cute um big Lumax fan uh love Lumax they are also adorable um I'd say probably next to Stancy Jopper is probably my favorite ship I just really love the chemistry that David and Winona have and I find their their scenes their relationship really interesting and complex like we often don't get to see complex depictions of you know older characters um, or like adult characters in relationships um at that level it's kind of a lot of the puppy love which is great but it's nice to see an exploration of like what does that look like when you're starting over when you're on your second third fourth try you know what does that look like um and how do you deal with trauma and how do you you know finding love and finding peace in your life after what's happened to you so um those are kind of i would say those are like my top ones in terms of uh the show overall oh and i also really like um the brief kind of you know, flirtation potential romance we had with Eddie and Chrissy. I also thought that was like super cute and adorable. Oh, and I also like Robin and Vicky. We didn't get to see much of them, but I also like them too. As you might be able to tell, I'm really into the romances of the show. So like all almost all of them, but like I guess those are some of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So basically all of them? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> All, almost all of them, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay. So I guess a, I can't pick. I guess just, the answer to that question is I can't I pick. <laughs> so like, I was trying to pick, but like them. I cannot pick. Apparently, is what we're learning tonight. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This is our show, Jasmine. You can say whatever you want. It's okay. All right. So um, we're going to play a little game real quick. Um, we can try to you know get through this because um, we do have like one more thing uh, discussed today that I want to, but I, you know, just thought this, like, a few minutes before we started recording, and, you know, we're going to be doing this, like, whenever we have, like, little episodes like this, um, where it's, like, more freestyle and stuff, so I thought it'd be really fun, and the, this game is called, um, If I Only Could, I Would, it, you know, it comes from the line of front of the hill, like, if I only could, I would make a deal with God, but in this, um, we'll be saying, if I only could, I would blank. And it's something like, if you were a showrunner, something you would do differently. Or if you're one of the characters, um, who maybe made a poor decision, and if you were them, maybe you wouldn't have made that, or something like that. So, um, I will be doing, uh, the one for this episode, and, and we do this again, Jasmine will do hers. Um, 
So uh, without further ado, I'm going to uh, give you mine real quick. I'm not going to stop to analyze anything. I'm just going to read it to you and tell you what it is. And then after that, Jasmine, um, we talked about it for a little bit. Um, so without further ado, here it goes. If I only could, I would. Well, if I were the Duffer Brothers and I knew what was coming in seasons four and season five, I would have changed some of the ending to season three. I would have kept the Byers and Eleven and Hawkins. I still would have had Hopper, quote-unquote, die. Probably would have sent him to Russia as well. Maybe witness protection or something like that in Season 4. If you if you do that, you still could have had Eleven being bullied by Stacy or another mean girl uh, in Hawkins that's already established. You could still have Will be gay and, and have a conflict of his feelings for Mike. You still have uh, Joyce and Murray go off to find Hopper, whether it be in Russia or wherever. Um... And you can actually still have the whole Nina project plot of Eleven getting her powers back. Um, you could still have Jonathan, Mike, and Will learn about Elle being in danger and go to find out she's in Nevada and go out there to save her. I mean, yeah, it would be a stretch, but most things in this show are. And you could even have Argyle. Like, you could maybe have Jonathan's car break down along the, on the way. They have to pull into a Surfer Boys pizza in Nevada. And, you know, that's where they're eventually kicks off and you could still have the same ending that you planned for season four if you did that uh now the only thing that might change by restructuring this and doing it this way was maybe you have Vecna figuring out that 11 is still alive and hawkins but even that would have played out a bit better maybe than the roller skate incident and owen's coming her coming to her rescued rescue in that regard you know you flip that and have him come be like hey so we need to get you out of hawkins like now and um i can't tell you anything but we're going to nevada and uh i'd just like to end in this by saying as i've always said and i stand by this i love that they did something different with season four but nevertheless these are some of the changes i would have made the end of uh season three to make season four a little bit um a little bit better i would have made if i only could yeah and again like that's just my opinion it doesn't you know mean that uh, that's the way it needed to have been just my opinion um so i thought that was like a little fun thing that um what you do um and so jasmine do you have anything else you would like to mention or say before we move on nope i'm good awesome i can't wait wait to hear what you come up with jasmine it'll be interesting for sure it will be and i kind of already have a feeling about what or who it will be about all right so uh before i uh we get out of here today i did have a very very special announcement that i wanted to make it has really nothing to do with our podcast or strange things but um my audio drama my upcoming audio drama series oak bridge we uh we were doing auditions last thursday and saturday and uh we uh announced the casting today um we had 46 people um, audition but we only had 32 roles and so it was there were some very tough uh decisions were made late Saturday afternoon. Um, and anytime, like, you know, you're dealing with people, and especially for me, because I've never done this before, um, you know, having to say, no, I don't think this person will be good for the role of so and so. Um, and <clears throat> now, of course, I wasn't the one who sent out the emails. Um, that was my producers <laughs> who did that. Um, but, you know, it's kind of tough, like, to tell people you didn't get the role. But, you know, there's always future seasons. It felt like they did well get them back um but uh yeah it's it's you know very difficult when um you know you have 14 people that you potentially have to say no to and it's and so hard especially when they 
audition um so well so i'm going to uh read the um uh, the characters and then i'll tell you who they're going to be voiced by and i want everyone to keep in mind that some of these names are going to sound a little uh, out there a little uh unusual but that's because um we have um some of the roles are uh are kids and therefore we've had some minors who um are going to be voicing them and so because of that um you know they or their parents uh did not want their legal name to be out there for the public which is totally understandable um so uh i will read through the list and also um it's cool kind of cool and it's not something that is unusual to voice acting but we actually did have um, a young woman who's going to be voicing one of our uh male kid characters and um that actually is it's very common in, in um the voice acting world because um like for us we need these these kids like they're supposed to be 13 14 we need to, them to sound around that age not like 20 and so sometimes the ladies can give you that you know a little bit better than even a 17 year 18 year old male um you know who has a deep voice so i just want everyone kind of to know that before i uh, read the names um but we have um uh connor howard as John Jack Sheridan Harris Jr., Monica Wolf Wolfkill as Julia Ingram, David Sword as David Ingram, excuse me, uh, Sarah Velarde as Joshua Josh Ingram, Rachel Anderson as Samantha Sam Ingram, Ari Caffarata Jenkins as Douglas Doug Fletcher, uh, Jay Rome as Trevor Drummond, Yukiko as Evelyn Evie Nichols, Caitlin Cole as Claire Carmichael, Andrew Ray, Andrew Wade as Stanley Spunky Spinecki, Justin Clauser as Sheriff Lamar Morse, Angel Kabarlik as Officer Jimmy Lopez, Remy Zavard as Peter McGowan, Brian Murphy as Mayor Gary Carmichael, Gina Moravec as Rita Sterling, Carrie Hampton as Valerie James, Michelle Calhoun as the scientist, Joseph Bly as Ernie Rosenstern, Katie Marie Bly as Mildred Rosenstern, Anita Kelly as Natalie Stewart, Jessica Cruz as Monica Prescott, and then we have Havish Ravipati, Ravipati? sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name, uh, Stephanie Bauman, Jens Pizzatola, Pizzatola, Tyrus Rayner, R. Mike Kelly, Arlo Hanafe, Gavin Wales, Cassandra, Mitch Kai, Kay, and Jeff Moore as the other townsfolk. Wow, that's a mouthful. But uh, there you have it. There's our cast, um, including our main characters. Um, but our, it's our cast for season one. And um, I'm very, uh, I'm very pleased with our selections. And I uh, can't wait to when we get to recording, uh, which begins uh, soon. And um, you know, we'll we'll post this in the description uh, of this episode, um, the Oak Bridge social media account, so you can keep up with uh, all updates of the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want to take the time to congratulate um, every uh, one of our cast members. Um, they all did a really good job in the auditions, and it's not all just about how their voice sounds, but how they performed in the audition, and we thought they did really well. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, hearing what they do in the recording booth and uh, hearing how the uh, how the show turns out. Awesome. And we are so excited for you, Ashley. Um, do, you, do you want to tell the people when Oak Ridge is going to be available for them to listen to? Uh, yeah. So right now I don't have a specific exact date, but we are aiming for the summer of 2024 so you will be able to listen to uh, all 10 episodes they're going to be i know they're going to be 
released weekly. Um, so uh, you'll be able to hear him at least 10 weeks uh, in the summer. Uh, but again, um, we'll be posting all those details as they come about. Awesome. Well, I, for one, cannot wait to listen. Yes. And um, for, you know, our our listeners out there, um, I mean, I hope you tune in anyway, of course. But, um, you know, this show is it's it's influenced um greatly by stranger things i mean i'm i put my own spin on it it's not uh, a complete carbon copy of stranger things um but it's um it's certainly uh, inspired by stranger things but also other cool sci-fi stuff like the x-files and twilight zone and twin peaks you know things like that um and I, i'm really excited it's it's um it's my it's my like my baby and uh it's just working on it whether it be in the writing or the auditions or now going into uh recording um again like i said earlier in this episode it's it's put a lot of a lot of things into perspective of you know maybe why um the Duffer brothers or stranger things showrunners have made some of the decisions that they have made um you know you know you like to think when you're going into this stuff that um, it'll be easy and you won't have to, but you will. And so it's it's really opened my eyes up to uh, more of the behind the scenes goings on in the industry. Right on. Well, it's always good to get like another perspective, you know, as we try to understand, you know, how, you know, basically how the sausage gets made, how decisions get made. And uh, it's always good to have another perspective. And I'm personally really excited to see how Bridge turns out and to hear everybody. So congrats again. Yeah. And two, um, that two, I think there's a third, yeah, the three people who are actually Canadians um, who are going to be in the show. They, they don't really. Um, All right. Represent. I know they don't, they don't sound like, um, like straight up Canadian. Um, I mean, like you can tell like some of, some of what they say is a little bit, but, um, and then we actually have um, a couple of, 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 of the cast who um, were either, born and raised in Ohio or live in Ohio. Um, and the show is set in Ohio. So uh, that's good for authenticity. Um, and we didn't even put that like as a requirement. Um, I mean, we, we put like what the show is about. Um, so it's really cool. Like, and, and two, I'm just really impressive. Um, the overall like voice acting experience um, a lot of them have um, and they've done some like really professional projects. And so the fact that they, um, auditioned uh for a project that is unpaid is it's great great for for me uh and uh i'm I'm really excited um to uh get it out there to the world right on well like i know this has been your baby so we're all very excited to see it turn out and um everybody should uh check out oak bridge when it comes out this summer and um we're going to be including links to all the things we talked about uh in the episode today those will be in the description if you'd like to check any of those things out for yourselves Absolutely. And uh, one more thing before uh, we get you out of here. Um, who knows? Like maybe after the first episode of Oak Bridge uh, drops, maybe we can uh, come over here and talk a little bit about it. You know, go into some behind the scenes stuff. And um, I think that would be kind of cool. Have a little uh, little discussion on that. Um, so that's our show for today. Uh, again, follow Ham Radio Media on the socials so you can keep up with Stranger Things filming updates and updates on our show, what we have going on. Um, because, you know, it's not like we're going to be able to hop on here every day and or every time that Ross Duffer posts behind the scenes. Um, but we will be sure to at least do 
do one of these episodes maybe per month that they're filming. Um, yeah, we're going to do roundups. Like, we're not going to yeah, post every yeah. single day. And so, to clarify, we would not be able to record a podcast every time Ross ever posts something. Because we'd actually planned to do this earlier, and then more stuff came out. We're like, hold the phone. We got yeah. Um. So, we'll probably be posting these bonus episodes, I think, every, maybe. depends. It depends how, I guess, how often they're posting behind-the-scenes pictures, right? Like, if we continue to get them at the same speed that we are now, probably every couple of weeks. Um, but we yeah. will be resharing anything, you know, that's officially shared uh, to our channels. Uh, we won't be posting any leak stuff just because, you know, um, we, you know, we want to be respectful that people don't always, um, not everybody wants to see the leaks and we respect that. Um, but yeah, we will be reposting stuff to our socials uh, so you can always find it there. And we will be doing these little update episodes um, every time we get like a bulk of new content. Um, so look out for those in your feed. These will be extra. We will still have our regularly scheduled content. Um, well, I say every Friday, but almost every Friday, <laughs> most Fridays <laughs> will include our regularly uh, scheduled content. Uh, yes. So be on the lookout yes. for that as well. Yes, for this one, we just wanted to get it out like ASAP because um, with you know the internet these days, um, a lot can change. Probably a lot's changed since we've been recording this, Jasmine. So, um, but um, but yeah, you know we won't be uh, doing one of these every day um, because uh, I don't have that kind of time, um, and I know Jasmine doesn't either. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, like once a month come in here do it um have fun chatting up the fifth and final season of stranger things um so jasmine if you don't have anything else i don't have anything else um and uh we're gonna we're gonna call it and we'll see everyone uh, next time see you all next time and that's our show if you like what you heard today be sure to subscribe and tell your friends our theme music is provided by neon knights and our sound editing is provided by ashton cooper Thank you for listening to this episode of Ham Radio, a Stranger Things podcast. Please join us next time. Same dial, same time. Over Over and out. out.